As a parent, you know you can't prevent every accident. Play it safe with the right equipment. Add a mouth guard to your child's sports or recreational equipment list to help prevent the impact of a painful and costly facial injury. Mouth guard should be fitted so it does not misalign the jaw. Lightweight, strong, easy to clean, properly sized, covering the upper and lower teeth and gums. If your child does sustain a facial injury, seek an evaluation from an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. OMSs are experts in handling injuries to the face, mouth, and jaws. Learn more at myoms.org. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003, the offer server for Family Contracting Hotline. Gus Kattengill at GCAT underscore 17 over on Twitter. And the Professor Sir, go ahead and give everybody a way to follow you on social media. Follow me at Mr. Professor 318 on all social media platforms. Uh, verified creator with over a million followers on TikTok. Uh, Pat McAfee shared one of my videos yesterday on Twitter. Uh, so things are going pretty well for the old prof. Hmm. This is interesting on ESPN just now. One NFL executive anonymous NFL executive oh. on the quarterback situation when it comes to San Francisco. I think they will trade Trey Lance to Tennessee. And then they will end up with Brady. Brady will play one year for his home team. They will have Brock Purdy as the backup. That is the chatter. Tennessee is interesting. Didn't they draft Malik Willis? I know he started some games yeah. this year. That, I, I don't know. I just... If I'm Tennessee, they ended up him towards the end of the season for uh, some an, another guy they drafted. I can't even remember what his name <laughs> okay, is. Well, look <laughs> so I'm saying it, it's where you go. And look, I only bring this up because it, it's something that we're talking about again. Uh, our question of the day, Nick, go ahead and do it in case people just jumped on. Question of the day for the uh, sports hangover is: Do you are you for or against a trade for Derek Carr? And if you are, whatever side you're on, for or against, why? What is your reasoning? You can give us a call on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line at 800-998-1003, or right. you can get us up on the Twitter page, as a bunch of people seem to be doing at ESPN Radio NOLA. Actually, somebody, Derek Hudat Carr is there. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. On Twitter. Right. And he's, but he gives us a good stat. Most game winning drives by a quarterback since 2014. Uh, tied for third is Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins at 27. Matt Stafford is second with 30. And number one, Derek Carr with 33. He says the Saints would be getting Mr. Clutch. Mr. Clutch. Mr. Clutch. Derek Carr. Oh, Clutch Carr. Okay. Hey, okay. Uh, Dia. Okay. Uh, also sends us a message on the uh, Twitter page at ESPN Radio NOLA. I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. Oh, R is worse than the waste we're currently experiencing <laughs> here now. Why add to it? Hell no. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, we're getting it on both sides today. Either he's Mr. Clutch or he's not. He's a poor man's Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> um, look, man, I... <sighs> If we're at that spot, no offense, but if we're at that spot, I mean, I'm give the ball to Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. I, Go ahead, Taysom. I, I, again, I th- that's the thing. I went. I've gone through the list of free agent possible quarterbacks. It's just the more I look at it, man. It's you know, I mean, we, we've seen it. Maybe the Saints are giving it to us, right? Welcome back, and uh, oh darn, we. We're a four or five win team. We get the pick in the top spots. Look, it's something we've been talking about as well in our number one, the Sean Payton thing. We played a couple of sound bites for me in Rappaport and others, including a gentleman that covers uh, the Broncos, Troy Renk. 
and he had this to say. The Broncos coaching search has been methodical and a bit unpredictable. But let's be honest. If the Broncos are going to take a big swing, and that's what my sources say, then it looks like the last remaining candidate is Sean Payton. He has the best resume. He started this process as the front runner. In New Orleans, he won a Super Bowl. He won seven division crowns, and he had the highest scoring offense for 14 years of his 15-year tenure there. He also knows how to work with possibly a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. He did it with Drew Brees. Now, they have a dramatically different skill set, but the two know each other, and Wilson would embrace the challenge of being coached by Peyton. Now, it comes with complications. It's going to sting in terms of draft pick compensation, a first-rounder, maybe a third-rounder. But when I look at everything left, I suggest that it comes back to Sean Payton. So as this Broncos coaching search continues to move forward, there is one name who's won, who's won a title, who has a Super Bowl ring, and is available. It's complicated, but he's sitting there. That would be Sean Payton. Now, all the news that we've been talking about is apparently they, they met for a third time, but this time the first time in person with Jim Harbaugh as well. I think it's compensation, right? you, you got to pay one guy a lot of draft capital. The other guy you don't. But one thing that I'm bringing up, and the reason I'm bringing it up again, what's interesting, Brooks Capina, who used to cover LSU over here, now covers um, Houston sports over there for the Houston Chronicle. They have 11 draft picks, the Texans. 11 draft picks. Like, I, I wonder if, if that was on Sean's radar or not. I mean, he did interview with them, but... Even what it was brought up, it was a FaceTime. Like they didn't, they never even met face to face. But man, it's one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't see the Texans as a great job. But you got that many draft picks, you can li- literally rebuild your team. It's just about if you're a, a young coach and you got time like D'Amico Ryan's, you can do that. Or Sean wants to win now and, and win at a high level, and you don't want to go through the foolishness of, of rebuilding a team like that. But that, that's a lot of draft picks. Yeah, man. It, again, what's the value? Like, are you mortgaging away your team's future for one guy? Like, what are, what is it really going to benefit you if you have to give up all of this stuff for one dude? And how much of a difference can he make? So you got to take all of that into account when you're making a decision like this for whatever franchise it is. But it's something that Rappaport was saying earlier. These guys are billionaires. They're the richest of the rich. So they got money to pay it now. We got a record salary cap coming into the new season. So they got the space to pay the money that they need to pay. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll see <laughs> what happens there. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Buddy will take your phone calls up there in the LaRose Studios. Look, the, the thing with car for me is what I keep saying. Um It's... It's a different situation with me than Rodgers. Green Bay's not looking to trade him because he can't get it done anymore. It's his price. You have somebody waiting there. Are you a championship team? Does it make sense to kind of do that or not? Whereas with Carr and Jimmy G and others, I mean, they don't want him. You know? I mean, yeah. that that's the thing about it. And and with Carr, it, it is going to be $100 million. I mean, you're not getting him for 5 bucks. Cajun Goat wants to chime into the conversation before our first break. John Sigler, Saints Wire, will be joining us at 115. What you got, Cajun Goat? Uh, Gus, I think the best landing spot for Sean Payton would probably be the Denver Broncos for him for him personally. Because they got a really good team. I mean, they, they, they got draft picks that they can give up, and they still got a really good team. I mean, look how close they were. They just don't have an offense. So I kind of see him going there. Now, as far as a veteran quarterback or any of these quarterbacks, I don't think any of these guys are any better than what you have on your roster. Because if they were, they would still be on the teams that, they would, that they're would that they going to be at, right? Uh, That's my point. Does Carr maybe a little bit of an upgrade? But is it worth that kind of, you know, is it worth that kind of draft capital and everything else? If you look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, what is the most prominent thing? We could say quarterback, but the most prominent thing on both teams that I noticed this weekend, offense line. and defensive line. Bingo. That was, and it goes back to my theory, or not my theory, what, what, what my plan would be. It's what I'm saying. I said a couple of Thursdays ago, Nick and, and Goat, it's whatever draft capital you have, whatever cash capital you have, throw it on your lines. Throw it at your lines because it makes a difference. 
Jalen Hurts ain't being asked to throw but 12 to 15 balls a game, right? I mean, it just is. And the the fact that you could even get to that point, uh, it just matters. You, you have to have an offensive defensive line. The lack thereof kept Cincinnati from a second straight Super Bowl, period. Exactly, Gus. And this is what's going to be the tell of the tape, this, uh, this Super Bowl. I think the Eagles are going to manhandle the Chiefs, because I think their lines are way better than the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs' line looked that that was the difference in the game, and you you're paying Mahomes all that money. But if he can't win when they have good lines against him, you know what I'm saying? It's like really does there is there is the quarterback value is the value of the quarterback going to drop a little bit if it's noticing that the offensive lines are better or, or the reasons why these teams are getting to the championship. Because you don't have a lot of great quarterbacks. I have to say this year, man, the NFL looked bad to me. That's just to me. Mm-hmm. I just thought that like it was some bad coaching, bad everything. But the two teams that are actually in the Super Bowl was the offense and defensive lines got them there. You could say Mahomes. They could cry and say Mahomes got beat the Bengals, but it really wasn't Mahomes. It was uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones dominated the defensive line, and that was the difference in the game. No doubt. Thank you, Cage. You go. Appreciate the time. All right, buddy. And for sure. Mr. Professor right there. I mean, Chris Jones, he just mentioned defensive tackle, and that kind of goes back to something that I brought up, too, with Marcus Davenport. I mean, look, he's ranked 20th out of 50 available free agents. When you look at that position, and all it takes is one team, Nick, right? It takes one team to think, that guy can come in and help. Maybe it's a change of scenery. Maybe it's a change of defensive scheme. Maybe it's what he's being asked to do. I don't know. And I, I just think at the end of the day, people look at those measurables. 6'6". Six, six. I mean, they just they look at that and be like, but what if this guy can sort of do it? And I do think the Saints make an offer. I, I just – what I'm curious about, I'll ask John about this next segment too. Like, what is your offer? What is your offer to Marcus Davenport? How many years are you giving him a two-, three-, or four-year deal? Let's start there. And are you willing to be flexible on that? Because he's going to have his numbers, the Saints are going to have their numbers, and they're going to have to try to meet somewhere in the middle, or somebody's going to have to concede. Well, how many years you know? are you offering, Marcus Davenport? At twenty-seven, mm-hmm. three, maybe four. You know, uh, I think it's a fair number of years on a contract for somebody of that age at that position uh-huh. uh getting the question because you get a lot of wear and tear the question is you know how much money is he asking for how much are you willing to pay over those three four years you know what, what how is it going to be divvied up are you doing incentives uh are you going to make it cap friendly yeah. like how how is it all going to be played out you know because you still got a you got other positions if you're the Saints that you need to worry about bringing people in. You got the draft coming up and you got to pay those guys. All right, so I'm going to give you some numbers here just to kind of give you like what, let's say per, right? So Miles Garrett's the top for Cleveland, 25 mil. Max Crosby, 23. Leonard Williams of the Giants, 21. Cam Jordan's the fifth highest paid defensive end in football at 17.5. So or north or south of 10. Let's start there. Well, how much would I want to pay south? How much is he going to ask for north? Okay. Here's here's who makes 10 million, right? Uh Foley Fatukase, right? The defensive end from Jacksonville, Jadavian Clowney, Sam Hubbard from Cincinnati. That's 10 million. Um Aiden Hutchinson from Detroit makes 8, Chase Young makes 8 from Washington. You know his payday is probably going to be coming up for a little bit. He's been injured a lot. Nick, oh yeah. Nick Bosa makes 8. Akeem Hicks, eight, former Saint. Um, let's try and think of some guys that Derek Bennett of the of the Eagles, five. So Jerry Hughes, five. William Golston, four. So I, I, Marcus Davenport is right now the forty second highest paid defensive end per Sport Rack, and he makes three point four three. So. If he asks for a $10 million raise, puts him into what, $13 million segment? Uh-huh. Uh, JJ Watt makes 14. Trey Hendrickson makes 15. By the way, former Saint could have kept him. But I'm just saying. So Trey Hendrickson makes 15. Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence of the Cowboys, 13. 
Like that, so 10 to 13 is just a, a, a player or two different. So I, I, yeah, I mean, are you paying that so, much for a guy that I, I don't know? Like I said, it, so what you're it, looking for, so what you're looking at possibly for him, um, cause if you look at Clowney, say he, you compare him to Clowney, right? right? As far as the numbers are concerned. If he's at eight, Marcus will probably want nine or ten. Well, Clowney's at ten, so we'll talk well, more about that. Well, if Clowney's at ten, then he's going to want like twelve or thirteen. <laughs> so if Clowney's at ten, then he's going to want twelve, thirteen, and right. for a three-year deal that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like forty, fifty million dollars. We'll chat with you here in about a half hour. We'll talk with John Sigler, get his thoughts on this here as well. And the Senior Bowl practices are off and running. What are some of the storylines and players he's keeping an eye on? We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003. The listener line and guest line. Brought to you by the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic. Folks over there with Dr. Josh Roulette. Joining us is Mr. John Sigler. Um, John, we got a lot to get into here, sir. How are you this afternoon? Oh, fantastic, man. Busy news day for the Saints, as always, and I, I, nothing I can't complain about. No doubt about it. Obviously, your team out there for Saints Wire, Matty Hudak, and also Ross Jackson covering the Senior Bowl. So definitely want to go check that out here as well. And I, I saw some of the things, John, that I know you guys have been discussing here as well. It, it, and, and it all is just, I guess, a pot of gumbo. And we're going to see what kind of gumbo comes out here. Because there's a lot of ingredients, there's a lot of variables to what the Saints do this offseason. Yeah. It's start, let's start with Sean. It really looks like Denver is, uh, it's either Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton. I think, Johnny, comes down to draft compensation, right? One coach, you don't have to give that up. The other you do. But I think it's either or. Yeah, you know, there's so many conflicting reports right now, and there's so much, you know, smoke and mirrors going on. But at the end of the day, it does look like those two are the finalists for that job. And, you know, from the Saints' perspective, you got to hope it's Peyton. Uh, they, they really, they badly need those draft picks. Um, you know, not just to get back in the first round, but to get them some flexibility in case they're looking at, you know, making some trades themselves later on. You know, looking at some of these players who might become available around the league. I, I know the Raiders are trying to find somebody to trade uh, Derek Carr to, and th- to me that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, the Saints, they've got to get some more picks in order to, to have the luxury to take that approach to building this team. 
John, you just brought up something very interesting. It's our question of the day. All when right. it comes to Derek Carr, right, would you be willing to make that move to do that? Because as you brought up, it's going to be a trade. And then you're going to have to pay more than likely 100 mil, right? I mean, you're going to sign yeah. them to three to four years at the going rate. You're looking at a $100 million contract. Is that something you think the Saints should do? Man, I've gone back and forth on this for the, these past couple of weeks thinking about it. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of money to, to pay for somebody who has never won a playoff game. But at the same time, you know, that that's the rate for a veteran quarterback these days. That's how much money that guys like, you know, Jared Goff is making. Even Ryan Tannehill has been making. Like, that, that is in line with, you know, what it costs to have a veteran starting quarterback in this league. So, <clears throat> to me, if you're willing to make the trade, you, you've already said we're, that we're comfortable paying that kind of a salary. And I, and I think if the Saints want Carr, I, I think that's the direction to go. Just looking at where they are at the draft, looking at what kind of draft compensation that they could possibly get for Peyton, you know, I, I think it makes sense. You know, I, obviously, I would like them to aim higher. I would like someone who's more accomplished in this league, someone who offers more upside, but. You know, if, if that is the best option, and it very well may be, you know, I, I could totally understand if that's the direction the Saints want to go with this. Speaking of John Sigler, managing editor of the Saints Wire. Um, so I, I look at it like this, because when you look at the top available quarterbacks and free agent mark and things of that nature, too, I, I mean, it, it it isn't the top. Like, if I'm going to go, you know, with the middle-tiered guys or things of that nature, I almost feel like, is it any better than what you sort of have here right now? And there's just so many variables on this in terms of what do you do with Michael Thomas? Now, do you get a guy like Derek Carr? Does that make, you know, does Michael Thomas, is he back with you? I mean, you restructured the contract. It's There's a lot of different things on there because what is the selling point to some of these vets? And if that's not the case, do you just not kind of say, hey, Taysom, Andy, go for it. Worst case scenario, like I've been thinking, John, you're a four or five win team next year. You can go draft your franchise quarterback. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That, that definitely changes your approach here. Um, you know, I, I don't see a rookie who's going to be starting right away. Yeah, and, and, and I say that, you know, really liking some of these uh, first year quarterbacks who are turning pro. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't see anybody who's going to, who the Saints are going to draft and who is going to be starting in, in week one. And so what, what is the difference in, in your, in your ceiling, your floor here? It, it's a really complicated question. I, I'm, I'm glad it's not my problem to, have, to right. have to sort it out over these next few weeks. Um, but just t- kind of taking stock of, you know, who may be available, um, who, what it may cost to acquire somebody, I, I can absolutely see the Saints looking at weighing all all of these factors against each other and deciding, hey, our our best chance to compete this year is right. trading for somebody like Derek Carr. I think one of the reasons I that's kind of the plan that I would go for in terms of just hey, don't worry about doing that because look, you've been sitting here in quote-unquote salary cap. I understand they always find a way to get under it, right? I'm just looking mm-hmm. at it as, hey, get your house in order this year, do that. And, John, invest whatever draft and whatever cash capital you have in your lines. When you look at the top teams this year, you look at the teams in the conference championship games and in the Super Bowl, offensive and defensive lines, the key. I mean, I, I, yeah. I that's just where I go, you know, because, man – I love Ryan Ramchek. Guy had been healthy in almost two seasons, right? I mean, that offensive line's up and down. I love Trevor Penning, but my goodness, in his first year as a pro, he just went through a second Liz Frank surgery. I mean, I, I just, I'm investing on that. I don't know how much more Cam Jordan is. I don't know what I'm doing with Marcus Davenport. Peyton Turner was benched in a meaningless game at the end of the year. I just, he was a healthy scratch. I mean, I yeah. invest yeah, I, in your lines. Yeah, I was looking at that last night, actually, you know. All three of the interior offensive linemen for the Saints have missed multiple games over the last two years. Uh, Cesar Ruiz missed multiple games, and Pete right. missed you know a, um, almost a full season between the last two years with injuries. Uh, Eric McCoy has has missed multiple games in each of the last two years. Mm-hmm. So you know they've got to invest in the lines, like you're saying. And you know as far as that goes, it wouldn't shock me one bit if they ended up you know dra- dra- drafting a, I don't know a guard out of out of Minnesota or something here in the second round. I mean yeah. I mean you, you've got to rebuild the trenches here. The other thing too John and, and sometimes the eyeballs just tell you the the obvious. They need beef. 
Like I, I the, the Saints don't have size, right? I mean, like I, even on that offensive line and on defensive line, just there's no beef, man. I don't see people just moving masses of humanity. Like I saw the Eagles' offensive line grabbing the San Francisco yeah. D linemen and just shoving them. Like I need size. I know Willie Rope was on, I think, yesterday morning on ESPN, and Keyshawn Johnson was telling the story of he. One time he saw him in a treadmill. He was like, dude, his backside was, it took the, the width of two treadmills. Like, there's a reason it's all a famer. Like, we, I, I need some big booty. You know, I need to see some belly. I like, I need some size on this offensive and defensive line. Yeah. Well, hey, Trevor Penning is your guy then. I mean, yeah, this, right. It is That's one. Seven, two thirty or three, three thirty, I think. Um, so yeah, we, we, we need him healthy and he, he needs to be out there playing a lot of games in the, in the fall. And I, I, I think that he would be a really big asset <laughs> in that phase of the game here if he's able to to, to get out there. Uh, we we saw it in well, week eighteen against the Panthers. He was out there moving guys around, and yeah, I, I think you're onto something there. Now, what is interesting to me here is something we're going to get an answer on soon. I hope is what Ryan Nielsen leading does to the defensive line. Good he point. has been advocating for bigger defensive linemen. You know, he's the one who's been wanting. These defensive ends who are all, you know, 6'6, 280, 290 pounds. Um, how is that going to change without him? Are, are we finally going to see the Saints, you know, step off of that a little bit? And I, I don't know, get, get Zach Bond into the game as a pass rusher because that's something they've never wanted to do. Um, how is that going to change? How is that philosophy going to change? Who, who are they going to hire to rebuild this defensive line? That, that, that's a major question to me. There you go. That, that's what I say. These are all reasons why I'm keeping that hundred mil. And I because mean, look, I mean, you're, you're looking at if Marcus Davenport's number twenty out of the top fifty ESPN, um, top available free agents. I, I, I just that's just where I'm going because that hundred million you're going to spend over the next three four years. I'd rather go use that in free agency to quickly help your your line that depth. I just that's that's just where I'm going. That's just me. But yeah. that said, you have a lot of players. Uh, over in Mobile that, you know, people keep an eye on. Who Who is it that you're kind of keeping an eye on or even just storylines perhaps? Like, who's going to be the next Saints defensive line coach? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a big one, isn't it? Um, you know, something that really interests me is how all, how all of these Saints coaches who, who were coaching the Senior Bowl this year, um, how, how they have been assigned here. And <clears throat> one, one area I'm really paying close attention to is the national team quarterbacks. Now, those guys are being coached by two Saints, Saints assistants. Uh, Ronald Curry is your passing game coordinator in New Orleans. He, he's the OC for the national team this week. Uh, DJ Williams is an assistant on offense for the Saints. He's coaching the quarterbacks this week. So those two guys are going to spend a lot of time talking to Jaron Hall. He, he's a, a quarterback prospect out of BYU. He, he's a polar opposite player to Zach Wilson from a few years back. He, he makes so many plays within the structure of the offense. He, he knows how to, how to command the huddle. He throws a very accurate ball. Um, and, and he is, you know, he, he is, I'm trying to think how to put this, he avoids mistakes almost to a fault there yeah. in, in, in protecting the football. You, you know, he's only thrown like six interceptions in 25 games or something like this. But he doesn't take um, chances, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he's, he's, he's a very impressive uh, quarterback to me. Uh, he will be a 25-year-old rookie, you know, and, and we've got to see, hey, can you be more aggressive? Can you push the envelope? That's what I want to see this week. Uh, what kind of impact do, does he have working with Ronald Curry and D.J. Williams, and what do they learn about him that they're going to be thinking about on draft day? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that you think about, too, because, look, I, I mean, you kind of describe why D.A. lights Andy Dalton. To an extent, yeah. right? Just be safe with it. Hey, let's try to hold on to his three-point lead, which is such a difference from what Sean did in being aggressive <laughs> right. in doing that. And and I wonder if that is maybe something that with Dennis Allen coming back, he, he has to understand. And, again, it goes back to the offensive coordinator position. And you mentioned Ronald Curry. My, my working theory is Ronald does the play calling on game days, and Pete goes back to what he was doing really well when he was here with Sean, and that's – Sitting on a bench, looking at the Microsoft Surface tablet, helping the game plan, helping see what he sees from that perspective, but the clock ticking, personnel grouping and decisions. Maybe that's Ronald Curry. Do you think that could be a thing if he has a good week this week? I would love to see that. You know, that's kind of been my, my tinfoil hat theory all along was, you know, we knew that Pete Carmichael kind of wanted a smaller role on, on the offense after Sean left. 
and the Saints had to twist his arm, essentially, and get him to stay on into OZOC, but they promoted Bonnell Curry to passing game coordinator. They had him call plays during the preseason. They, they, they gave him more and more responsibilities as the year wore on, and I kind of get the feeling that maybe they're prepping him to be the next OC. They just don't want to throw him into it before he's ready. And right. I think this is an excellent opportunity for him to, you know, to help run practices for a week and work and work with players a bit more intimately than he's done before. And I think this is a really great learning experience for him. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of opportunities this brings him. So I, I'm all aboard, man. You know, we, we've got to do something different from what we saw last year. We, they've got to get more aggressive. Um, they, they, they've got to change their approach here and play to win games instead of playing not to lose them. Final thing for you, John. Uh, you made me kind of peek at the bourbon cabinet early this morning when I read the tweets <laughs> of the roster needs. You gave me anxiety. I'm like quarterback, defensive tackle, running back, DN, safety, yeah. guard. Then you got the receiver. What's crazy is you could make a case and argument to move any of those up to either first or second, right? Because I love what Chris Olave did. Rashid Shaheed's mm-hmm. a great story. But if Michael Thomas doesn't come back for you, you – you don't have very many options there, right? I mean, I'm not going with Traquan and all this other stuff. I, I like yeah. you kind of do need that, right? And that also again goes into what kind of quarterback you need. Exactly, that's something I've been grappling with. And uh, you know, uh, last night that that's why I actually had the Saints spending their top pick on a receiver in, in, in the seven round mock draft I put the, I put together. Uh, and the guy I went with is uh, Ra- uh, Rashi Rice. Uh, he is playing. He's out of SMU. He'll be at the Senior Bowl this week. This guy has some of the most impressive tape I have seen in a while. He has huge catch radius. He makes so many plays downfield. He I, he he tied for like third in the nation in contested catches last year. There you go. Um, contested so, so, so he, catches. He looks like yep. exactly what the Saints need. I hope they get a good look at him in practice this week. And, and I hope that he ends up in New Orleans because this guy is a joy to watch. That's a great point that you brought up, too. It, it, it's, it's specifically a certain type of receiver. We know when Sean was here, he wanted size, right? He wanted those big yeah. receivers that could do that. And I love Olave, and he was, and I know he said he wanted to work on that, but that's something mm-hmm. Dennis Allen specifically said, that they didn't have a contested catch guy. They had him right. in Michael Thomas. So that gives me an idea. To your point, I would not be shocked if on – if they can get into Thursday, but on Friday, if they don't use a pick on receiver. Yeah, I could totally see it happening. You know, and, and that's what I kind of advocated for last year. You know, be greedy. Get as many receivers as you can. You know, go sign Jarvis Landry. Trade up for Chris Olave and, and, you know, bring Michael Thomas back. And that was the approach last summer. It didn't quite work out as planned. But, mm-hmm. I, hey, I'm all about it because until you know who your quarterback is, uh, you've got to put them in the best position to succeed. And, and to me, that means upgrading the supporting cast, giving them as many weapons as, as you possibly can fit on the roster. John, there's so many variables and factors that I've also started trying to warn Saints fans on this. Every problem's not going to get fixed this offseason. It's going to take right. another year or two. It just is. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, and that's difficult. You know, because we have to be patient with with all of this. But the way the roster is built, we kind of can't be patient because we've got so many guys who are, you know, on on the the second leg of their career or right. in, in the twilight of their career or however, however you want to be poetic about that. Mm-hmm. But you've got Demario Davis and Cam Jordan and Tyron Matthew who who are all you know on on the wrong side of thirty that, sure. that they like to say. Um, and it's like, man, you know, you know, if, if we're too patient, then then we're, we're wasting these guys, and th- th- that that's really tough as fans to watch some of your favorite players get older and not win and kind of struggle with a lot with, you know, being on a team that's just not going anywhere. Um, But just the state of the Saints right now, I think we can't do anything but be patient, uh, let let things play out, put out as many fires as we can this, this year, and so then we can come back stronger in the future. So what John says, essentially stack up your bourbon cabinet. That's what I got out of this entire conversation. He's the managing editor of the Saints Wire, Matty Hudak, Ross Jackson, covering it as well for the website. Thanks for everything you do, man. Thank you for hopping on today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a blast. Yep, for sure, man. Quick break. We come back. What do you think what John had to say? Some of the topics we've been touching on again because we're waiting on uh, the Broncos or Sean to decide or Jim to decide. Harbaugh, that is. We'll talk about that. Pels at the Nuggets tonight. Six and a half point underdogs. We have news about All-Star Weekend. I'll explain that next on ESPN New Orleans. 
ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Wanna Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste of the Big Easy with Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Wanna Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM. ESPN New Orleans. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. LA20-11133. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover. So, some news. Christian Clark of The Advocate announcing there were two players that have been announced to the Rising Stars roster for NBA All-Star Weekend. And um, I think great honors, man, to be honest with you. Um, and one of them is... Now, Trey, right angle three down for Murphy. Trigger, his third made three, nine points. 40. And the other one is... Jose Alvarado. Now three ball Middleton up top. No good. Long rebound. Run down by Lewis in the far corner. 119-102 bucks. Curb to the rack. Blew the layup. Reverse style, but Jose ran it down and pops a right corner three and hit it. There it is. So that's pretty much the story of the game, right? <laughs> if Todd got a nickel for every time he said blew the layup, this team's got to lead the league in blown layups and alley-oops, huh? Goodness gracious. Um, so there you go. That's, that's nice though, right? Isn't it? Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado named to the rising stars NBA all-star weekend. So they will be a part of that weekend along with Zion Williamson, who was named as a starter. Gives you an idea again of the start of the season and then being recognized. That's an awesome honor for those two to, um, get going. So that's awesome. I love, I love it. Good to see. That that's happening there. 800-998-1003. Pelicans, of course, taking on those Nuggets. And they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs now. As Todd said when he joined us at 1230, he was at shoot-around. B.I., C.J. McCollum will be going. I mean, they were there at shoot-around and should be going. They didn't play on Sunday. Second game of a back-to-back. Look, it's not anything different than everybody else is doing. And Kyrie Irving, his Nets... Took on the Lakers last night. Nets won. He's the VP of the Players Association. And he was asked about this. About teams resting players on the second game or the first game of a back-to-back. Which is what the Lakers did. The Lakers are in New York tonight to take on the Knicks. So he missed yesterday's game due to foot soreness. LeBron. And... It may be hurt feelings, but he is expected to play today. The Lakers officially listing um, Anthony Davis as questionable or, or probable as well to go. He also missed yesterday. But here's what Kyrie had to say about 
teams choosing or players choosing to play or not play in back-to-backs. We're, we're de- definitely taking the necessary steps of having the conversations with the NBA about what it looks like for the quote-unquote star players missing games or the superstar players not necessarily being available. Um, it's a long season, man. It's a grinded-out season, 82 games. It's a lot on our bodies. Um, you know, I, I will not complain about it because I put my body in a great position every day, but um, it takes a lot of people a long time to figure out what their routine looks like at a very high level. So there's a figuring out process, basically what I'm saying from the NBA side and the MBPA side on how we can reconcile uh, some of these issues that the fans bring up or the media brings up or people bring up of why people aren't available. Uh, so I see it from both sides and I, and I have to sit in the middle and just say, uh, you know, we have things in, in the works right now that we talk about, but all in all, everybody's body is different. Everybody's will to play is different. Um, and everybody's desire to be out there is different. I mean, that's kind of straight to the point, isn't it? Everybody's will to play is different. Everybody's want to play is different. Just on this team, right? I mean, Brandon Ingram has said, look, I when I feel ready to go and I feel I can be myself, that's when I'm going to go. Jose Alvarado, hurt ribs, play the next time uh they were they could play because he said as long as he's playing I'm playing talk about Chris Paul but I've also said when it comes to this too it is a different time it is a different era it is a different different athletes from a, a variety of reasons as you just heard what Kyrie was saying but it's also because they cost more so I always do wonder though from a fan standpoint like you want Zion out there as quickly as possible and I think like back in the day, they probably would have just what ace bandage wrapped the hamstring, right? <laughs> and have him out there <laughs> within three weeks. I mean, I remember growing up watching the NBA back in the day. And I mean, players are hobbling, things are wrapped up, all those other things. And maybe we kind of see that with football a lot and kind of assume that's how it goes. Then again, though, were those players worth $30 million? Guaranteed. Were they worth two hundred million? Guaranteed. And look, I think at the end of the day, and it's kind of like we were talking about earlier this week. When I look at this Pell season, and I know Jimmy called yesterday, and he was like, "Are, are you confident this team? Or what, what makes you think they're going to be able to be a playoff team?" And I'm like, I, "I do," but part of that is because you want those guys healthy and ready to go for. You know, when the postseason comes and you want them healthy and ready to go for when it's time to, when it matters. And look, and I understand all these games matter. Seating, standings, all of that. But as I mentioned, it is easy to look at and say, oh my gosh, in one month's time, the Pelicans on the 31st went into that game at Memphis in first place of the Western Conference. One month later, January 31st, they're eighth. Oh, no. I I hear you. It stinks. I wish the team wouldn't have lost that many. But you didn't have Brandon Ingram. You didn't have Zion. In many of these games in the month of January. Period. I think it's going to be better once they come back. Period. There's a reason one was named the starter in 29 games. Now, Charles Barkley thinks it's not right. It should be... Guys are playing, and he has a he has a legit argument for that. There's no doubt. They're also just three games out of the third seed, so you have time to get back, and it's not out of the realm of possibility to not only get yourself out of the play in. It's not out of the realm of possibility to make sure that you also are not, or, or can maybe even host that first round. Just got to get your bodies back and you got to get your players back. And that's why I'm saying for me, when I look at it, maybe I do wait an extra week to make sure there is no re-injury of that hamstrings. I want Zion playing the way he did. Fast, quick, aggressive, strong, to the rack, shooting threes, dishing, just outrunning people. That That's what I want. And I get if that means losing two more this week. Four more before he, I I understand that, but do I have him when teams have to beat me four out of seven times? 
that I understand that. I mean, hey, you have a play-in game, win or go home. If my guys are healthy, I think the Pels are going to be a tough team to have to beat or your season ends. So I get it. One more thing that um, Tim Legler was saying as well is something that I know a lot of fans feel. Officiating. It is a problem, and here's how you know it's a problem. It's a problem because it's not just, you know, the average fan is always going to talk about officiating, right? Every, every night, their team, somehow, the officials cost them the game. We understand an overreaction on the part of the fans a lot of nights. But when you have people that, like, watch it every night and you do it for a living – and it's becoming this glaring and this often you've got to talk about it. It's a problem. I'm going to save that bite for um, after the game on Saturday. <laughs> I'm only half joking when I say that Herb Jones is going to fall out in the first quarter in that Lakers game. I'm only half joking. Quick break. When you come back, we'll continue our conversation. Feel free to chime in. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. It is the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Wow! It's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota and Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Start your day the New Orleans way with New Orleans Roast Coffee. A small batch roasted coffee made right in the heart of the Crescent City. From our signature Southern Pecan flavored coffee to our classic rich dark roast and chicory blend, New Orleans Roast is your everyday, anytime celebration. Pick up a bag or two today. Available at your favorite local grocer. New Orleans Roast Coffee. A true taste of New Orleans. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Woo! This, uh, this just in for Max Kellerman. As the professor rejoins us here, Nick Harrison, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at a crossroads. As trades remain possible, he was just on the Pat McAfee show, and he's like, eh, you know, it is what it is. It happens. Rodgers is due more than $58 million if he plays next season. Whew! Well, good thing they raised that salary cap. You know, here's the thing, man. You know, when we had John on this hour with the Saints wire and Yes, you, you you've got to have a quarterback. I mean that that's not at all what I. You have no shot of ever winning a Super Bowl if you don't have elite play at quarterback, right? But you look at the Super Bowl and it's different in that the two quarterbacks are different. Yeah, but they're both are elite at what they do, right? right. Like Pat Mahomes is everything: mm-hmm. mobility, throw off. You know, off balance, off schedule, as the new term is now, all this other stuff. And then you have Jalen Hurts, who is the perfect example 
of what people have probably said in the past of build your offense around the quarterback's strengths. Right. Right? I mean, like, that offense was tailor-made for him. I was listening uh nationally to the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max show, and I forgot who they had on. It might have, it might have been, it was somebody that covers the Eagles, and, and they said that their GM, right, when they drafted Hurts, I mean, they had just given Wentz that contract, and we forget about that. They had given him like $120 million contract and all of that, and then they drafted Hurts, but once they figured we we're going to go with Jalen, they just, I mean, went after offensive and defensive linemen, but just really built up the offensive line. Like, he specifically said that. And that's why I've been saying what I'm saying. Like, this year, invest in it. Go after it. You know, I I want a host of pennings. I I mean, buy a whatever kind of chamber that Michael Jackson lived in or whatever and give that over to, to Ryan Ramchek. Heal the guy. Like, I mean, you've got to build that offensive line back again. To, to run the football, to pass the football. Because it doesn't matter what quarterback you're going to have, right? I mean, look at Justin Fields. Look at some of these other nice quarterbacks that have a lot of ability. But Trevor Lawrence didn't start playing well until, A, you got a good coach that knew how to use him, yeah. but also a line. And that's what I'm saying. It's like When I look at the quarterback situation, I look at this Super Bowl, you have the perfect, hey, we're going to build to this guy's strengths, and this is what we're going to do. And it's old school. They, they they will run you to death. But they've also got two nice little speedy receivers. They'll throw it. like. But they, they are built in out. You look at the Chiefs, the number one scoring offense in the NFL. I mean, it's a screen there. It's They have the best tight end in the league. You got a quarterback that just will throw it behind his back. I mean, all of that, right? But you see, you have two contrasting styles. They're both elite. And that's the thing. You have to decide what kind of quarterback you want based, I think, of the team you have immediately or you're going to build around them. I don't know. If if I, if I you're sitting there next to Mickey today at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and he's like, what quarterback would you go for right now? Like what type of quarterback? And what kind of <laughs> offense do you want to run? Because the run game came back this year. The Giants, some of these other teams, the run game came back. Detroit was a physical football team. Almost made the playoffs. I think – physicality is making a, a comeback in the NFL. It is, man. I mean, if you play well in the trenches, you've got a good shot of going far in the NFL. If your offensive defensive line play well, if you've got good linebacker play, if you've got running backs, tight ends that are willing to block on offense to give your quarterback some time because, you know, the way that the game is played and the way that the game is officiated you give your quarterback some time to wide receiver or tight end. Somebody's going to come open if you give him enough time. The dink and dunk days of just getting down the field with the little short screen passes, blah, blah, blah. Every, uh, it, putting, peppering that stuff in is fine, but you got to have somebody that can improvise, that can extend the play, that can, you know, go off script. And you see two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right now that are really good at doing that. So is that how you want to build your offense around somebody who can do that? And if you do that, even if it's just somebody who's really good in the pocket, great pocket passer can pick your offense apart. You've got to have good old line play in order for that to happen. We saw it with the Bengals, man. They had towards the second half of the season, really good old line play, but then Burrow starts getting touched in the AFC championship game and that game gets as close as it is. So you got to have a good line to help your quarterback be able to make those plays that separate him from other quarterbacks in the league. The other thing too, as John put out a list of just his opinion of roster needs, he has quarterback one, defensive tackle two, Running back three, defensive end four, safety five, guard six, receiver seventh, and then he has everything else. He has running back there in the top three. If you listen to Matt Moscona for the last year, it was blue to his face, right? He kept, kept saying they, they should have addressed it in the offseason. People kept saying address the running back, do all those different things. I'm not putting salt in the wounds here, right? But isn't that probably what's kept Buffalo out of the Super Bowl the last two years? 100%. It's the run game, right? It's being able to to get a quick look. That's why I said, man, I'm the Saints, and, and if I'm 
thinking of resetting and getting acquisitions, Buffalo is the team I'm calling. Here's Alvin Kamara. He would, I mean, he would, y'all would, y'all would be unstoppable. When can it happen? Yeah. When can we- I mean, on that offense? Oh my God. Who gosh. you want? Yeah. <coughs> Outside of Josh Allen and, uh, Steph Diggs, who you want? You want Gabe Davis? Take it. Who you want? Golly. Like it, that, that right there, you t- so it's you gotta have, but running back in the league is one of those things that wow, people said it was a it was a thing of the past. It's something that you didn't necessarily need. They get wear and tear, right? As long as you're a quarterback, but we're seeing now if you have that good tandem, you got a good quarterback, but you also has a running back that can get you those chunk plays that can possibly burst for a first down if he needs to. See, look at the difference that Isaiah Pacheco made. For the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Oh my gosh! Like that, you, you have a seventh round pick. Like, come on! You that's, got your running. Back. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's different is that you you maybe you've seen the league go away from a first round pick as a running back, right? I mean, that's not the trend anymore, and and it may be even high, but you're seeing. I think a return of understanding the importance of the run game, if that makes any sense, because of financials, because quarterbacks cost you so much, because top line receivers cost you so much, pass rushers cost you so much. You just can't spend 15, 20 million dollars on running backs. And, and to your point, <coughs> the Chiefs running back that you're talking about, he was a seventh round pick. That guy ran angry. I mean, like, he's the very definition of running angry and being able to see that. So, you know, I, I think that's something that makes a lot of sense from a Saints standpoint. Like like I said, man, you look at all these roster needs, like, they're legit needs, like tackle, running back, DN. There's a ton of them, man. You got all of these different positions that are really needed uh, you know, some can be addressed in the draft, but others you're going to have to pick up those free agents to yeah. get them. So the question is, where does your importance lie? Where do and, you want to? That's spend? why I'm saying that hundred million you're going to be giving is to the quarterback. It just, if I didn't have those needs in four or five of those spots, sure, but that's money that's tied up. And I know you can say, well, Gus, the cap's going to get bigger every year. You, you, this team's been creative with finding ways to do that. I get that, but they did that because they thought they were in a Super Bowl window. Right? Does that make sense? Like, you oh, do yeah. that if you think you can compete for a championship. I think you don't have to do that. The division is so weak, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this hour. The division and lack of its strength could be something that a veteran quarterback or something that you can, you can use as a strength. Like, I... I'm not the AFC West, right? Does that make sense? Like, if I was in that division, then there is no time to wait. Like, I, I, there's so much I got to go do. You're not. You're not. Tampa's going to get a new quarterback. Carolina's drafting one. You have, you know, Atlanta, I don't think they're that far away from you. If not, you're being better. So I, I, I just think you can focus on the other things, build inside out, and you still in two years can probably be competing for a division title and you may have your, your quarterback or so. I just, that, I just spending a hundred million on a quarterback right now and giving up draft picks just doesn't make sense to me because you have other needs. I'm not Mickey Loomis. I do not see this team as a championship contending team. No way. I look at it like this. You're looking at. Say, look, look at the 49ers, for example. They drafted a guy with the very last pick of the draft, and he came in, even though he was up for guys in injury, and they had a lot around him, and that's the key. They had a lot around him. He was able to lead them to the NFC Championship game. And if he hadn't gone out and they used their fourth-string quarterback, who was to say what would have happened because it's the only defeat that he had right. at the start of like, this season. Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully but I won't. They had built around the quarterback position – and giving him an opportunity to win. So if you do that, you can wait in the draft and get like a Hendon Hooker or a Stetson Bennett or something like that in the later rounds of the draft and get your guy 
but still have the pieces around him to help him be successful. That's the Professor Nick Harrison. We'll talk with him again next hour. Hour three next on ESPN New Orleans. Prescription products require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information.